0: This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Alex Smythe. The Montreal Open goalball tournament wrapped up last month. Team Nova Scotia took some uh, hardware home with them from the event and Peter Parson is a member of Team Nova Scotia and he is here to share a recap of the event. Peter is also the chair of Blind Sports Nova Scotia. Hello Peter, how are you doing today? Good, Dave. How are you? Uh, Sorry, Alex, how are you? (laughs) I'm not too bad. It's fine. I'll I'll let you have that. So you've had a few things on your mind, Peter. So don't keep us in suspense. How did you and the rest of Team Nova Scotia do at the Montreal Open?
1: Well, our men's team uh, won the gold medal um, and our women's team won uh, silver. Uh, for our men's uh, it was uh it was a really big tournament because this was our first time we won uh, a major tournament um in since like 2016 Nationals we've been knocking on the door the last couple of years um and it's our first time with the younger group of guys that we have um and so that was really exciting and for our girls um it was kind of a foregone conclusion that Ontario are going to win the the girls tournament the women's tournament because um, their starting lineup to the national team uh, or on the Ontario team uh you know the 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 team canada who just uh qualified for paris by winning the pair of pan ams um in santiago in november um and so when our girls won the semifinal game against alberta that was uh, that was winning the silver to them in a way and they and they gave ontario a good game um probably their best game so um so yeah it was it was really good uh good results for Nova Scotia gold ball.
0: Well, first of all, congratulations on winning the gold. That's a huge accomplishment. How did you find the competition overall and the quality of the competition at this tournament?
1: It was really good. Uh, You know, Montreal always put on a really well-organized tournament. Uh, This year, there weren't any international teams there. It was kind of like a preview to our nationals because all the top Canadian teams were there. And so the competition, you know, it was good. It was, um, there were, um, there were a lot of close games, uh, on the men's side, um, after the round robin, uh, we had finished first with, at four and one. And then there were three teams, uh, BC, Ontario, and Alberta tied at three and two. So goal differential had to separate those, uh, those teams to determine the placing, um, uh, in the semifinals, so yeah, on the Saturday there are a lot of, uh, and Friday night there are a lot of goals scored in the round robin, and it tightened up uh, closer defensive type of games in the, um, in the semis and finals, um, but yeah, it was uh, yeah it was a really good uh, competitive uh, tournament.
0: Now uh, you mentioned that uh, the men's side was a bit of a younger team, and and one of the teammates on uh, Team Nova Scotia wanted to give a shout out to. What can you tell me about Griffin Hiltz?
1: Yeah, so Griffin Hiltz, uh yeah, he had a, a really breakthrough type of tournament because this was his first time starting on our top team at a, at a big tournament. Um, and he was the second leading goal scorer of the tournament uh, behind uh, Blair Nesbitt, who's like our best player in our country. Um, and uh, he only scored four less goals than Blair. And Griffin actually had two two halves that he didn't play. And I know Blair played every minute of every game for Alberta. So yeah, so it was uh, quite the feat for an 18 year old Griffin is 18. And uh, he started playing goal ball when he was 11 and I was coaching him from the beginning. So to be uh, men's teammates now um, with Griffin um, winning a tournament like Montreal open uh, is quite special.
0: Now, another um, kind of younger athlete that you had talked about in the past, Harry Nickerson, he and uh, Griffin have both uh, recently, it was announced that they are now uh, being named as recipients of the Athlete Assistance Program from Sport Canada. Like, what is the significance of of them being, uh, what is known in other terms as being carded?
1: Yeah, it, it is really huge for them um, being carded. They, they get... Uh, they get financial assistance um, for however many months uh, they're carded for. And that also provides um, strength and conditioning, uh, coaching, and uh, nutrition and mental performance through the um, Canadian Sport Institute Atlantic um, that we're affiliated with here. And uh, and so it um, enables them to uh, take their training to another level because they're, you know, identified as uh, – They're getting what they call development carding and you know they're real um have a uh, real bright future as far
0: as prospects to go on to become paralympians and so like in terms of that financial support because now they are being paid to continue training to continue to development how is that going to help them kind of pursue the their athletic goals even more to have that financial support
1: it's huge because, like, when when you're carded, um, it's meant so that you know maybe you don't have to work that extra part-time job while going to university or that sort of thing, and you could put put your twenty hours a week of training in to take your uh, your athletic career to the next level. And uh, there are a lot of other benefits as well. Like Griffin is a uh, grade twelve, for example, and he will get um, some funding towards his tuition at university next year and same thing with with harry he's a few years away but um by the time he goes to uh university um so that will that will be huge um and so it's it's really a big part of uh of taking them to the next level um for sure
0: and you mentioned harry is a few years younger he's currently 14 years old how unique or or distinctive is it that a 14 year old is being carded
1: yeah, really, it's uh, it's unheard of, um, it's, it, uh, at least in the ball world, um, to be carded at such a young age. I haven't heard of anybody in all my years under the age of 18 being carded. And so, uh, you know, Harry is uh, a gymnast as well. And so he's, um, he's a highly competitive gymnast. He, he qualified for gymnastics nationals this year. He's like top three in Atlantic Canada for his age category. Um, which has given him the uh, athletic base, you know, the the strength and uh, and the explosiveness that uh, you know trans- translates into being such a good goalball player. Um, at uh, at fourteen, um, he's about to turn fifteen um, here later this month. So happy early birthday to Harry! But he, uh, yeah, him and Griffin—they're like actually two of the top five hardest throwers in the country at their at their young ages.
0: Yeah, it, it's remarkable to see the uh, like kind of the rise already. Because uh, from even from when you first started uh, talking about about Harry, and now you're you're talking about Griffin. I mean, being part of a gold medal winning Montreal Open team, that that's a pretty good uh, start to a a career. Even though it's it's been years in development. This is good early uh, progression and results that they've been finding. How bright is their future going forward within the uh, the goal Ball program? And are we going to potentially see them on the national team in a couple of years?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I can see them. I can see them being on the national team in, uh, 2028 in LA. Um, you know, we didn't qualify for Paris and we're kind of rebuilding a bit now. And, um, I could see them there before that there's the, um, junior worlds in 2025. Um, and, uh, that Griffin will be just uh, just young enough for still. Um, and Harry would have uh, 2027 Junior Worlds even. And, you know, there's the pair of Pan Ams in 2027, so the will lead up towards L.A. 2028. And, yeah, so uh, I think their future is really bright. I see them as Paralympians, uh, hopefully on the podium at Paralympics someday.
0: Peter, I always appreciate when you get uh, you you bring us uh, some some younger athletes uh, to kind of keep on our radars and, and highlight how the development of the sport is. So thank you so much. Have yourself a wonderful day.
1: Great, thank you very much, Alex.
0: That was Peter Parson. He is the chair of Blind Sports Nova Scotia. Coming up in sixty seconds, Elizabeth Moeller has the weather story of the day. But first, here's Canadian Press reporter Karen Rebo with your Morning Business Minute.
2: Canada's main stock index lost 2.3% yesterday on a broad-based decline following U.S. markets that slid on news that January inflation was a little hotter than expected. Toronto's TSX index dropped 482 points to close at 20,584. New York's Dow Jones average tumbled 524 points and the Nasdaq lost 286. In Tokyo this morning, the Nikkei index fell 260 points and our dollar is trading overseas this morning at 73.81 cents U.S. On the heels of Bell Media's decision to cut 9% of its workforce this year, members of Parliament on the House of Commons Heritage Committee have now invited several top executives to testify later this month about their reasoning. The United Nations top tech official fears that corporate interests may undermine the push to rein in artificial intelligence. Amandeep Gill made the comments in an interview ahead of a global AI conference that opens in Montreal today. From the Canadian Press Business Desk. I'm Karen Rebo.
0: Thank you very much, Karen. It's now time to check in with Elizabeth Moeller for the weather report. It's not all hearts and uh, roses today on the East Coast, is it, Elizabeth?
3: Oh, I wish it were, unless you're going to make a heart out of snow. I don't think so. Unfortunately, a big storm is hitting the East Coast again, and we're not getting much of a break. We've been following uh, a lot of inclement winter weather from uh, from the East Coast to, to our friends there um, over this past week. This time, it's a strong storm called the Nor'easter, and it's going to bring heavy snow, wind, rain, and blizzard conditions until the end of the day. So, Places like Nova Scotia and Newfoundland are under winter storm watches and warnings as that storm gets stronger and picks up today and it does look like that storm is going to move a little bit south meaning there's going to be a little bit less snow than we thought originally but still some areas are going to get anywhere from 4 to 20 inches of snow by the time it's over so quite a range there that snow is going to pile up quickly and it's going to be a little bit tricky to drive or or walk anywhere. You won't be able to see very far due to the heavy snow and the wind and squalls that are going to occur. That strong, like I said, is going to get stronger as the day goes on and a big area from Northern Pennsylvania to Massachusetts, including Boston is going to get a lot of snow as well. Uh, So travel is going to be tough in the Northeast today with lots of delays and cancellations. So we're going to, you know, continue to follow that storm, Alex, and unfortunately, no break yet for our East Coast friends, but we'll be thinking of you and following. Following this up in our weather reports
0: absolutely elizabeth thank you so much we'll check in thank with you, you later Alice. in the show coming up after the break the children's low vision project bc will be hosting some sessions in chilliwack this month community reporter amy amanti tells you all about it you're watching now with dave brown on ami